Hey y'all, this is Hamza, and I'm super happy we get to hang out for a little bit. Hey guys, welcome to Hanging Out with Hamza. This is Hamza, and um, today I have a really amazing guest on. He's a, a really close friend of mine that I actually met like less than a few months ago and we've become super close friends since then. We just have a lot in common from uh, similar taste in music, style, fashion. Uh, yeah, just overall great guy, good person to be around and um, super interesting person. <clears throat> He's uh, planning to start his own clothing line and he has a lot of uh, ambition in terms of like his you know future and I think personally I always like to surround myself with people with that kind of caliber and I really wanted to have him on this podcast because I think we've been talking a lot about you know healthcare and other professions in that kind of capacity but it's nice to step out of it for a second and talk about something completely outside of that and so with that being said I want to introduce you to my friend his name is Drew he's from Montana Lived in New York for a couple of years, and uh, yeah, I'll pass it on to him. Bro, thank you for the intro. Yeah, I feel like I need to like. This is why we're friends, and we're just we just boost each other's egos. Yeah, dude, I could have said a lot more, but I wanted <laughs> to give you some time to talk. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like um, if anything, gonna be one of your more underqualified guests in terms of accolades, but no, I'm no. happy to be here. Yeah, man, um, it's been it's an honor to have you. So yeah. thank you, thank you. So tell uh, the listeners about yourself and uh, where you come from and a little bit about your background yeah so funny enough born in houston only lived there for six years though so i grew up most of my life in montana um which was obviously much different than than here in new york um Played a lot of sports, was always sort of like into fashion a little bit growing up, but obviously like the biggest thing we had there was the, the local mall and like Abercrombie and like, you know, I would try to like look good, but looking back at pictures, obviously I just cringe. So like I had a taste for it, like, you know, I had a inkling that I was into it, but I just didn't know how to dress back then. So fast forward, I kind of like, you know, knew I wanted to get out of Montana. I wanted to like experience the world i still feel that way like i need to go do like things and travel and so like you know it made sense for me to kind of go to the city and i went to seattle which is where i really kind of like dove into the fashion scene because my roommate um was just like an encyclopedia for fashion and i dipped my toes into kind of like supreme and you know all of those brands um and then started just kind of snowballing from there so nice and um i guess what was the first real job or um you know profession that you got into that was fashion based or some like the first kind of foray you went into that's a good question i don't i didn't work in fashion until a few years ago okay. so like i started off as a golf caddy um when i was like 14 just trying to hustle make money in the summers and then during college, I didn't really work a ton, mm -hmm. except for like when I would go home for the summers. And then after college, I kind of like, you know, was lost, didn't figuring out what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I've just fell into sales. And that's kind of where I really started, you know, being like, what am I? I was kind of like looking out of the window one day at this sort of cubicle, you know, it felt like I was just like trapped. Yeah. And I was like looking out, I was like, this, it's just no way that yeah. this is it. Like it can't be. So 
that's when I was kind of just took matters into my own hands. I'm like, all right, what do I love? You know, like, okay, for some reason I love fashion. Like, you know, I have just always been that way. And so I've been trying to, you know, I started trying to figure out how do I dip my toes into that game? Cause I had zero experience, only passion. So, you know, I would start just like reaching out to people after work. I'd like go work nine to five, get off and just start like, reaching out to as many people in fashion as I could. And I ended up connecting with a guy in New York who actually started, like launched this new brand seam. And it was in the early days. And like, I was just like persistent enough that he finally let me start writing for seam. And so, you know, I kind of just got thrown in the deep end, I would say in the fashion, in the fashion community, because I had like no experience. And then all of a sudden I was, you know, a writer for a fashion publication, which yeah. was a little bit interesting. So that was your first role you had as a writer. Too. Yeah. So that was yeah. incredible. And then um, I guess like just to give you guys a little background about how we connected. So um, I met him through a good friend named Jordan. And um, I remember before Jordan even introduced me to him, she was like, you know, I was, I was kind of asking her, how can I get on their good sides to, you know, kind of get their blessings and everything. And she was like, well, you know, Drew's really into fashion and he really likes sneakers and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm going to rock my Jordans <laughs> and go to this. Uh, so we went and grabbed sushi and yeah, it was like an instant connection. And, you know, we talked about our favorite clothing brands. We talked about, um, just men's fashion in general. And I think like being, you know, a male in America is interesting in the fashion industry. I think as of the last five or 10 years, it's gotten a lot better. There's been a lot more influence and focus on that kind of <clears throat> avenue. And guys are being a lot more brave with how they dress and wearing what they want. But it's like you said, there was a time when I was in high school where it was like Abercrombie, Hollister, yeah. um, you know, old Navy. Like there was like a, such a limited variety. And when I used to dress like outside of that zone, I would, you know, luckily I had family in Europe and I had family in Africa. So styles there a little bit a step ahead of time. And so I would wear like skinny pants. I would wear colorful shirts and whatnot. And I remember I'd be called metrosexual and, you know, just basically made fun of for dressing outside of that. And it was just, it was so abnormal to yeah. want to like be a male and like fashion or like dressing well. And so <clears throat> it was rare for me to like meet another straight male and like talk about fashion and have like an easy flowing conversation with that. So again, when we connected, it was almost like an instant hit with that on top of other things like music and all this other stuff. But yeah, yeah I think that's like where our connection really garnered itself. And I, I love being able to like send you stuff on Instagram. Like we <laughs> constantly send each other like shoes and, you know, uh, designers that we love and funny enough one of our favorite designers um is somebody that drew actually had on a podcast as a guest so do you want to talk about that and how that happened for you yeah i mean i sum up a lot of like what happened to me like with luck i mean that's i mean that's, that's life. you have to get a little lucky and right so it was sort of right place right time i think like we were i so i had started writing for this publication and then you know, I ended up just like on a whim moving to New York. I was like, I just feel like I got to be out there immersed in sort of the the scene and just the be culture. with sort of the founder who started this company. And so I just started, you know, working super long days, you know, took a big risk going out to New York and 
kind of just started snowballing and I ended up, you know, becoming sort of like the lead on the editorial side for interviews. So, um, fear of God, you know, and was one of the, the brands on our app and yeah, I mean, we just had an open line of communication with Jerry on, on like our business Instagram. And so I hit him up one day and was just like, Hey, would love to like interview on, interview you on your latest sneaker, which he had just, I think was releasing his second iteration of the fear of God, the Nike, like the Nike fear of God. Yeah. And so he hit me back and I was like, yeah, I'm down. Like I can talk in like an hour. And I was like, Whoa, not prepared at all for this. So, So awesome. I like ended up, just giving him a call and he was like, yeah, it's 3 a.m. in Milan. But like, I have, I have some time. And I was like, this guy's like on a different level. Like it's 3 a.m. He's in another country and he's still like, you know, grinding. Yeah. And yeah, he's so Jerry Lorenzo is one of my favorite designers um, in the fashion industry. And like his whole, you know, his aura and his just personality is just surrounded around like hard work passion and just like doing what you love but having like a sense of um individuality like not giving yourself to like the industry or selling yourself out for anybody and i think like around that time you mentioned he was going through a lot of stuff at with nike too so you caught him at like a very interesting time as well yeah so i'll put the link in the uh bio if you guys want to listen to the podcast it's great because you get to listen to Drew be the podcast host and talk to Jerry about like, you know, everything he's been going through with Nike. And it was probably like a perfect timing for all of that to happen because, you know, it's like a very, um, like it's a very notable time in his life in Jerry Lorenzo's life. And that was right before he kind of went independent and started doing his own thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was an inflection point because, you know, I actually think it was a collab he was doing with Alan Iverson and, he just kept going back to sort of this idea of question, yeah. you know, like Alan's, you know, was, she was like the Reebok question. And so he kind of was like questioning lots of things in his life. And it was just interesting to hear that it was this like super successful designer collaboration with Nike, you know, just all of these accolades stacking up. And then he was still like just living in question. Like he hadn't done enough. Like he hadn't proven enough to like, get that de- next deal with Nike yeah. like he was which kind of speaks to like you know his drive we're always chasing the next thing but it also speaks to yeah to your point like just his drive to like be better yeah constantly yeah and um yeah there's not a lot of designers out there that have such a interesting impact besides obviously Virgil Abloh but like yeah. you know Jerry I think has such a unique style and it's one of those things you see it on the street and you immediately know it's like his uh, yeah. brand. And yeah, I've always loved his stuff. Uh, he's he's an incredible dude, but that's really cool. You got to do that with him. Do you feel like there was like, besides the Allen Iverson thing, was there like any like lesson you kind of learned from that podcast or something you picked up from him that you've applied to your life as of lately? That's a good question. Um, I don't know if there's anything specifically from like, that interview but just from him in general general. like i think jerry's like intentionality with like the way he speaks like the way he when you ask him a question like he takes time to process it and then he knows the answer because he's thought about these things and he's like always thinking about you know what's next like the story behind his products and i think it like 
speaks to sort of like why he's had success because he's a storyteller ultimately like through these garments through his collections and so like i think that's really cool and something that i want to apply to you know what i'm doing moving forward is like intentionality with like you know the design behind the garment why i'm doing it why it matters you know why what i'm putting out there is needed and different and i i think he's you know also just a very genuine genuine dude in general and like being able to be that successful but also maintain like a level of humility mm-hmm. and not walk around like you kind of you know the biggest and baddest in the room is and that goes to his his brand name too, fear of god it's all yeah. about you know humility and knowing that at the end of the day there's a fear of god and there's like there's somebody higher above us so you're not on, like on a pedestal above anyone yeah. else there's somebody to always kind of hold yourself accountable to right and yeah that's kind of like the baseline of his branding and everything which yeah. i think is incredible but yeah anyways that's enough about his designs let's talk about yours so um i know like your passion we were trying to figure out like what specifically to focus on but i think you're kind of like me where you have like a smorgasbord of passions and you don't really have like one you can align to. But mm-hmm. um, if you were to like, t- you know, talk about one of them, I definitely want, want to know more about your brand and your fashion brand that you want to come out with if you're comfortable yeah. talking about that. Um, just let us know like, you know, what influenced you to go that route, what your inspiration was behind it and um, what basically brought you to want to go into this industry because you know honestly yeah. the fashion industry is a pretty cutthroat industry yeah uh, and you have to have a really big you know love for it and yeah. you have to really have a clean uh concept and eye for it so yeah. yeah no i mean i think i think like one of the biggest things that you know pushed me to do it was sort of like during covid and i guess this goes to like the other thing that we were talking about before the pot which is like perseverance and overcoming obstacles and um you know like that whole job that I had in New York ended up going kind of a different way than I imagined which you know really kind of like messed me up for a little bit as far as like motivation and drive and you know after that kind of fell apart I moved home to Montana during COVID and was just kind of like off of my game a little bit and trying to figure out like what do I want to do next? And I just ended up sort of having like really low drive, really low ambition, like just didn't really feel like, you know, didn't know what the next move was. And so, you know, I think a big thing for me is realizing that I could have sort of stopped after that thing happened in New York and like, been like, damn, like the fashion industry is not for me. It didn't work out. Let me just go like do this next thing. And, and I don't want to, risk failing anymore and so you know recently i've now that i've kind of started things up again realized that that's the last thing i want to do like the the most important thing for me is just like one foot in front of the other and like getting back on the horse so to speak which is like i think really hard to do yeah and so i'm still learning every day it's like definitely not something i'm great at but i think with bellwether you know Bellwether in itself, which is a name that for the clothing line is, it means leading sheep of the flock. And so, you know, I want to try to at least to the best of my ability embody that moving forward. And like, you know, what does a leader do? They lead from the front, you know, 
put one foot in front of the other when there's problems, find solutions. And so I think for me, it's sort of like a really big blessing that I found this because, you know, fashion is something that I think is pulling me out of sort of the slump that I'm in and giving me something to focus on, you know, to put out in the world because I've always really loved product. And so, you know, just creating products from scratch and seeing the sampling process, iterating on it, and ultimately putting something out that someone's like, I really fuck with this and they rock it and they feel good when they go to dinner or they hang with their friends or, you know, whatever, like I think is a just awesome feeling to like create something that someone really fucks with. Yeah. You're basically like letting somebody wear your passion, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Like you're seeing somebody enjoy it as much as you. Um, But yeah, do you, um, do you feel like for maybe listeners who are, looking to go into the fashion industry or are interested in that, maybe just doing that as a side thing. Do you have any advice for them or anything that you feel like you wish you knew when you were initially going into it? Um, I would say just like put yourself out there. Like for me, that's another thing that's really served me well in life in general is just like connections, you know, like it's all to me about who, you know, not about what, you know, especially like, in my circumstance, some of the opportunities that I've gotten is definitely not because of my IQ, but like more so because of my EQ and like emotional intelligence. And so like, just like put yourself out there, like reach out to people, ask them questions. Like humans innately are like, they want to help people, right? Like, you know, obviously there's some people out there who don't, but like, you know, for the most part, people are down to help. And I would say the more you can meet people, hang out, you know, go to events, invite that person for coffee. That's like, Hey, I really like your style. Like would love to go grab, you know, coffee, something like just, just network. Yeah. You know? I mean, you mentioned you reached out through DMS to certain people and just, you know, you basically cast a net and you got people that responded. And yeah, I agree with that too. Like even in the dental industry or like in my industry in general, um, I have mentors and I have a, shit ton of mentors and uh a lot of my friends are like why do you have so many mentors like well and but it's like if you really like look up to somebody or idolize them you can go different avenues like one avenue is obviously like you can hate on them and like just be jealous of their success or whatever and like thing you can go another way is like try to learn from them like see like yeah how they got to where they are like how you can get there like what what it took to become that level of success and that's why I have so many mentors because there's a lot of people I look up to and I see like what I want to achieve. And it's a similar thing. Like you surround yourself with these people and it really like not only like enhances your, your kind of concept of where you want to be, but also um, just basically motivates you. Like when you're around yeah. those people, you're like, what am I doing in my life? I need to like pick my shit up and yeah. start moving. Cause this guy did this when he was this years old and whatever. Um, so yeah, I think that applies to everything, especially the fashion industry. Cause I feel like that's an industry where it's all about who, you know, like, you know, there's some shit fashion I've seen out there and it's just because they got to where they are because they knew X, Y, or Z, you know? And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I wanted to go back to you moving to New York because I feel like everybody that I've met that's either lived in New York or is living there has become who they are because of New York. Like, you know, New York is like a very... 
formative moment of people's lives when they live there. Yeah. Um, so do you want to like talk about that and how New York kind of changed you into who you are? Because I'm, I'm sure going from Montana to New York yeah. is like a very big culture shock. Yeah, I mean, literally the smallest town, you know, of like 2000 people to the biggest city in in the US. And so, yeah, I mean, I visited New York, I think in 20... 16 or 17 and i just you know i remember going to this rooftop bar with my friends and sort of looking out over like just miles like of skyscrapers and you know obviously the concrete jungle is its nickname for a reason and like i was just like i'm gonna live here it just felt it was like the first it just felt like you knew you belonged there yeah it just felt it just felt like i needed to go and do that yeah like be able to like in my head for some reason i was like if i'm gonna be that you know friend or father one day even like that tells people like go chase after like your dreams like go just do it like i gotta do this myself Mm -hmm. like i gotta go to new york a small town kid from montana moving to the biggest city in the u.s like i gotta live it and so i just knew i had to do it and then when i started you know writing and working sort of in fashion it just made a lot of sense because that's like the fashion mecca yeah way better fashion than la sorry to all the la (laughs) listeners but it's the truth yeah and uh it just you know for me really kind of taught me how to like hustle more you know like waking up seeing everyone else sort of like pushing and moving towards their goals and their dreams yeah it's just like an infectious energy. And I feel like that's a cliche thing to say, like, oh, I just felt like the energy of New York. But no, it's like, true. for me, it's it's so true. Yeah. And it just like pushed me to sort of like make new friends, get out of my shell, you know, work for my dreams. So, yeah. you know, maybe one day I'll, I'll end up back there. Yeah, I know you talked about it before. And now yeah. you and your girlfriend Meg have mentioned that, you know, you want to take her there and show her yeah hopefully you can talk her into wanting to do that but um yeah no i i think uh yeah another thing we share in common is one of our favorite youtube vloggers is casey neistat and Mm -hmm. uh, he's a big influence in my life like from a creative standpoint he's just this guy that did what he loved and was really good at it and now he's one of the highest paid youtubers and i think it harkens back to that if you really love something like you just do it consistently and you don't give up on it and eventually you can get paid for it and i think like it's the same thing i see with like everything i do it's like i used to you know in in some moments of my life feel guilty like why am i like always talking about movies and like why do i nerd out about comics and stuff and and then i kind of like switched my mindset like this is good stuff like this is stuff you need to have in your life you need to be passionate about things because this is what like keeps you going and you can harness that passion into other things and uh yeah, I think New York in that capacity too is just it's filled with people who are <clears throat> just driven and motivated and are pursuing their passions in their own way too. And um, not everyone's successful when they go there, but regardless of or not whether you're successful there, it definitely hardens you and it makes yeah, you somebody 100%. who can take failure a lot better because that's a city where you you have to really like it's an uphill ba- battle like yeah. every day when you're in that city. Like, yeah. so you can't just like sit around cause you can't afford rent if you sit around and you can't really get behind that city. So yeah, I, um, uh, anybody that lives in New York, I have like a 
newfound respect for them because I know it's not an easy place to live. Yeah. Um, and I agree. LA people do not have a good sense of function. So <laughs> Jordan's probably listening we, to this. We can help. We can help you guys out. Yeah. All the LA people. Too. Yeah. I mean, even Austin, we talked about the, you know, Austin as cool of a city as it is. It, it does lack a certain culture of fashion. And I think it's, yeah. uh, another industry that would be cool to see you kind of get into. Um, yeah. So it's a great point because like, you know, while Austin doesn't have, you know, maybe the fashion community that New York had, like that could be an opportunity to sort of like, you know, create something here. And I'd, I'd love to like start seeing more people wear, you know, unique pieces or like put some more thought into what they wear as opposed to maybe like just Lulu joggers and, and an aloe top. Yeah. And, and, you know, I wear that stuff too, but it's like, you know, it's like, for me, it's the first thing you notice. And yeah. someone is like, gives you a sense of individuality. And yeah. Who you are as a person. But yeah, I think yeah. it's a very like commonplace here. I think it's also the tech culture, you know, like it's a lot of tech guys and yeah. tech bros. And it's so, it's a lot of comfort, cozy gear that yeah. a lot of, what are those shoes that they all wear? Um, is it the Alberts? Yeah. Alberts all the time. Uh, I can't. I, I walked into an Alberts store the other day with, with Megan and, um, I, I, I can't stand there. I just couldn't stuff. do it. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, hokas are nice too, but I see those all the time. And I mean, for running, I think they're incredible, but like the amount Great of people I see trip. them wearing like on a, you know, comfort just level. But yeah, it's like a very much tech, tech yeah. town in that regard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what else? Uh, the other thing I wanted to kind of go over is like with the Bellwether brand, um, in terms of, how you approach like the design language and what your fashion is trying to, you know, tell, I know you said, you know, leading a sheep to a flaw, like leading the sheep and all that stuff. But in terms of the design language itself, like what were you aiming for? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I think it's still something that, you know, I'm figuring out and, and we, because I have, you know, people like Martin, my friend, Martin and Tim and Lyle who have like been a huge help with it as well. And so, I think that's something that we're still like figuring out, but ultimately it's like, you know, it's really an extension of just like stuff that we love, yeah. you know, like, like thick sweaters and hoodies. Like, yeah. Every, it could be like, you know, it's really infusing sort of like sport and lifestyle and giving you something that you can, you know, if you want to go rocket on the golf course, you know, yeah. you can do that. But also if you want to wear it to dinner or brunch the next day, you can do that as well. So it'll be a lot of, you know, just, kind of like understated lifestyle adjacent clothing and items like you know? sunday clothes like sunday gear or sunday gear in a way but i think like you know really where i see it long term is everything yeah you know like i want to do a bellwether cafe mm. and have a spot like i want to curate experiences and tell stories through bellwether it's not necessarily just like garments or products but it's like sort of a curation of like you know if we had a bellwether cafe what does the music sound like what is the smell when you walk in like what are the coffee beans we're sourcing you know the people who work there are they greeting you nicely like yeah. ultimately like that's where i see it and like even down to like when people open up our sweater what's the tissue paper smell <clears> like <throat> you know what is what are these little like you know love notes sort of that we leave people yeah. through the experience and like kind of like 
I guess like the closest brand I can think of is in the fashion industry, at least is like Kith, like going into those stores in New York and like the cereal bars and yeah, that kind of stuff. Even their Monday releases, they have like a curation of like not only like clothes, but you know, collabs with other brands and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. Shout uh, out Ronnie. Yeah. So that's and Teddy, my favorite. Yeah. You know, is doing that. Talk about mentors like Ame, Leon Dor, you know? Yeah. And like Teddy Santis is like, I think, pushing the boundaries what do you in think a huge way. The biggest um, drawback in the fashion industry right now is do you feel like there's something that's changed in the last few years that you're really worried about or that's mm. really changed your perspective about it? Like one I, I think of is obviously Balenciaga and like the stuff they've been doing. Like I think a lot of fashion is kind of like media in that it's like more trying to just raise eyebrows and like, um, yeah, that's you know, a get it's yeah. more about just like uh, causing like com- alarm or like controversy and not focus on the design itself. And I think that for me is a detractor for the brand. Yeah. Um, like the trash bag stuff and whatnot. Like, yeah, I, I, I get it to an extent. I think they're trying to like have a commentary on culture and all that kind of stuff. But I also think it's a lot of just shock and awe that they're going for, especially with their recent issue they went through with the kids and everything. Yeah. So that's been a real detractor for me. Um, but there are great brands out there that are focusing on, you know the stuff still but i think unfortunately you don't see that as much because like everyone's focused on these brands doing crazy yeah i think like to that point one of the biggest things that's a little bit disappointing is sort of like you know and this just goes back to the way that everything is with capitalism is like pushing product and like tons of collaborations that are unnecessary and like always needing the next collaboration and this and that and it's like for me, fashion is really like figuring out what you really love. Yeah. Buying like high quality staples that you can like mix and match with everything, like, and just sort of staying in, yeah. you know, no, what I, you um, like as opposed to I think feeling like you need to constantly. Supreme pop is one brand that, you know, unfortunately has started to do that. And they've, they've done it for a while now. And I think their, their brand kind of went down for a while. And I think it's getting back to that good level. But yeah, um, yeah, the collaboration things can get out of hand sometimes, especially like yeah, uh, their brick. I remember that one time they came out with a brick, and it's just People stuff like that. It yeah, it's insane. Yeah, but um, yeah, no. Uh, if you were to like kind of list your top three brands that you really love and admire, or your inspirations for Bellwether, what would you list them as? Dang, put me in the hot seat. Sorry, I would say, I mean, off the top. You know, like like I mentioned, Teddy and Ame. You know, they're just they what, what what brand do they have? Ame Leondor. Ame Leondor. Okay, and, and so they're the ones that just came out with those Jordans, right? Oh no, no that's no. Ama Manier. That's Ama Manier. Yeah, okay. no, they're like a New York brand. Teddy's from Queens, and like I, this is one of their hoodies, and they just make like you know really quality pieces and more importantly they're just master storytellers so i would say like i definitely look up to him and how he's unveiled his brand and you know sort of became a juggernaut in the in the men's fashion space and then you know obviously like ralph ralph is Mm -hmm. just iconic in his own right and yeah just such a swaggy dude like i hope to be that's that stylish i mean 70 or 80 years old and him and jerry like when they 
they could be the the models for their own brands when I see their stuff sometimes. And that's like, like the coolest shit. Yeah. When you like rock your own things because you see like high fashion designers who are just producing crazy stuff. Yeah. Like that they'll never wear. Yeah. Like Jerry and so like that's cool and I, like that leads probably to the third person who probably is Jerry and like how he you know goes about what he does. So I think I would say I'd say that's a that's a solid top three. Okay. Yeah. I like that. That's a good list. Um Yeah, I think uh it is way more impressive when you see like the brand and you know the designer behind it and you know them so personally because they put their entire personality behind the brand and their yeah. belief system behind it. So we'll see you there one day with your bellwether. God willing, bro. Taking photos in it. But, God willing. Um yeah, I guess like do you have any other um kind of things you want to further you know unravel or unwrap about your passions or anything you wanted to kind of tell listeners about it um i don't know no not not, nothing specifically i would say like you know for anyone listening like back to the connections thing i think if there was a takeaway for me like that's just you know i don't know what i'm doing half the time in life you know but the one thing i do know is like I would be nowhere without the people I know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, especially in a digital age, I would say like the more you can reach out, connect and like share that sort of human interaction is like, you know, really important. So I would just encourage everyone like the homework from today's episode is to reach out to like, you know, maybe a few friends and then a couple people that you don't even know. Yeah. And just like hit them up, ask to like grab coffee and just, just build connections. Yeah. I uh, I forgot what the quote was specifically, but it just basically said, like, if there's somebody that you know that is successful, just ask them how they got there. And, like, that's it. Like, everyone you meet, if it's if there's something they have or something they've achieved that you want, like, just ask them. Like, that's all it takes to, like, really achieve yeah. what you want. And, um, you know, everybody starts off the same, like, to a certain degree. And it's all about just like figuring out the paths you take to get to the right place. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you, this kind of goes back to also when we first met, um, I kind of mentioned how we connected, but from your perspective, what was your initial impression when we met? And like, cause I am curious about like, from your perspective, how I came off because I was definitely trying to be on your good side. <laughs> no, I mean like, you know, we met, I think we went to neighborhood sushi fire great, spot great spot Good awesome. recommendation highly recommend for sushi fire um and yeah i mean obviously notice the jays that you wore um and you know like we were kind of sitting across from each other and the girls were talking and then Hamza and i started just getting to know each other and it just you know our energies i think matched like like we were joking people are gonna have to turn this episode up a lot more because we both are like calm talkers yeah. and so I think like that's kind of what I noticed, just like genuine, you know, wanting to get to know people and not really surface level. It was like a little deeper than that, which is like what I'm looking for in friends and just people that I surround myself with. It's like I want to like, you know, get to like I want to learn, grow, like talk about how we can do that together as opposed to just like surface level relationships. So, yeah, I think I noticed that off the bat. You know? Cool. I'm glad, so. man. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I felt like that with you, Jordan and Meg. I think it's very rare that you like 
meet people and you kind of feel this comfort and i don't even know how to describe it but i just kind of felt like i was like like wrapped in a blanket yeah like i just felt like like <laughs> cozy vibes but no yeah it just like i didn't have to put on an air i didn't have to like fake who i was i didn't have to you know um show off or not that that's like ever a thing but i just think like i could just be myself and just feel comfortable, comfortable. and I think it comes from your Montana roots. I think you guys have this like very like down to earth Montana like vibe. And in that sense, you just, you're not here to pose any airs. And unfortunately, I think being in Austin, while it is a cool city, I think there are a big mix of those kinds of people. Everybody's just trying to flex on each other and show off who they are, what money they have. There's crypto bros and all that. And I think it's like a culture that I'm really um just not a fan of and um it it just felt great being around you guys i think we we had so many moments where we're all hanging out and we just got to know each other on a deeper foundation and like you know we weren't getting wasted and going wild every night like we would just have like very intimate close conversations and like constantly like hyping each other up which is great like i think sometimes a big one yeah, I, I, it's it's incredible how not common that is sometimes, and it's sad because like yeah, like friendships should be all about hyping each other up, and you know even when someone is more successful, like you're still promoting them, and there's no jealousy or feeling of yeah. like oh this person's better, because at the end of the day we're all just trying to like lift each other up. So yeah, I really like appreciated that with you and Meg. Like Meg's an incredible person. Meg is his girlfriend, and uh, she's a teacher. And uh, yeah, being a teacher already like has my highest respect because it's like she's so patient. Yeah, it's the hardest profession, I think, personally. And I think it's the most undervalued profession and uh, underpaid, obviously. But, you know, those people change our lives. Like half of the reason why most of us are here is because of a good teacher we've had in our life. So shout out to Meg and everything she's done for making Drew a better person than he already is. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I uh, super grateful for you, man. Um, Do you have any questions for me or any curiosities on my end? Usually I try to end these with like a little bit of a kicking back and forth. I'm trying to hit you with like a hard hitting question. Oh yeah. You got to like open up to your audience. If it's design, I won't really know much, but Um, I would say for you, like, what do you think? Where do you, where do you see the next 10 years? Oh man, that's so difficult. Um, You know, like, are you intentional about it or do you? Yeah. I mean, I will tell you that in 10 years, I don't want to be practicing dentistry Mm -hmm. and it's not because I hate dentistry. I actually, I love it. I'm super grateful for what I have and what I've achieved in that field. But I think just like anything, like I'm always striving to do like something more and I think for me dentistry was like a achievement I wanted to set for myself and I got there and now I'm trying to see like what's the next level I think there's so many untouched avenues in dentistry that I can kind of take advantage of uh, whether it's in the tech field or just like you know I think there's so many entrepreneurial things you can do in dentistry that um, the profession is such a stubborn field like once people get in there um, dentists are perfectionists and they're also very stubborn in their ways. <clears throat> so those two combined is not a great thing because you're just basically like nothing needs to change. It's all fine. Right. Just stick here. I'll open more practices and I'll just keep growing my office. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But that's like very tunnel vision approach. Like there's yeah 
there's so much more you can do in it. And I think um, ultimately I know like in 10 years, I want to be improving the profession in some way. And if not improving something else, like, you know, I want to pursue my passions further. I want to be able to travel more. I think like, unfortunately with dentistry, you don't have the luxury of working from home or being able to travel a lot. And so I miss that and I love traveling. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I'd say 10 years, I'm setting a goal for myself to be able to work less in dentistry and do something, you know, a new passion to pursue. And I am currently in the beginning phase of pursuing something, but it's kind of like under wraps. So I'll keep that to myself. You already know a little bit about it. Yeah. But once that's all kind of uh, patented and, you know, protected, I think I'll talk about it more. But I'm definitely excited about that avenue. You know, it could be a huge success. It could be a failure. But at least I know, just like this podcast, that I like set the goal of doing it and I did it. And that matters more to me than the success or failure. Just the fact that I like took the intentionality and the drive to do it. Um, And same with this podcast, you know, like I think kind of like the you know the book um atomic habits it's like it's not about like achieving the task it's about doing it and like once you do it like just making your bed in the morning that's like one task you've already achieved and so it's like the small things you keep achieving every day shows that you can do the next thing you set the goal for and with this podcast i kind of did it just because i love talking to you i love talking to my friends and i wanted an ability to like capture these incredible conversations and for myself listen to them later on and be like wow i remember when we were in that phase of our life and like that's crazy to listen to it right now and like for this this is a huge inflection point of your life and my life i think like so it'd be cool for us to hear this in like five years or you know even two years from now so yeah once i did this podcast i didn't expect anyone to listen to it i did it i promoted it of course because i want to promote the friends on it but i didn't expect it to be I personally think it's way more successful than I expected. Like I expected like four or five plays, including <laughs> me, my brother and like, you know, my brother doesn't even listen to this. So like, that's, that's how cold. like, yeah, but, um, there's like 500 plays and stuff. So to me, that's like insane because the thought that there are like some strangers out there that are listening to this and actually like taking something from it means a lot to me because yeah. And you know, ultimately like I want this podcast to like inspire people and make people want to be a better version of themselves and i think i'm granted the gift of having some pretty incredible friends in my life that have achieved some amazing things and so it's nice to be able to not only like show you guys off but like (laughs) share that wisdom and perspective with other people so yeah that was kind of like a long-winded answer but yeah the general basis of it is i just want to be more than i am today yeah Damn, I'm ready to like run through a brick wall right now. <laughs> I feel like yeah, man. that was like a pump up speech. No, dude, it's uh, it's mutual though. It's like even like hearing you talk about bellwether, it it's like fuel for me too. Because when you, you know, like, and this isn't a deterrent to you. Like I said, it is a cutthroat industry, and it's not an easy totally. industry to get into. But that's what's motivating about it is because the people that do get into it and the people that do achieve it are people that ignore those things. Like. Yeah, I'm telling you it is a cutthroat, but that's not going to stop you from doing it because you know that it's all about just like grit and just like sticking to it, right? That's it. And uh, I think once you remove those limiting factors, you can literally achieve whatever you want. It's just about having that tunnel vision where that's like the one circumstance where tunnel vision is good because you yeah. just ignore all the you know peripheral shitty things. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, to end on one thing for me, like, I think now I'm like in a really good spot of anticipating, you know, that it's not an easy road. And so, you know, one of the things that one of my, you know, really good mentors has just like drilled in my head is like, find problems or find solutions, not problems. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I was that person who was constantly like, oh, I have this problem or coming to someone with a problem or coming like now it's like, okay, there's a problem. How do we fix it? Yeah. And I think you have to have that. And you definitely have that with like doing your own thing and like figuring it out. Like there's going to be so many problems along the way. And it's like your mindset has to be, I'm going to like find solutions as opposed to like, let it deter me. Yeah. And I mean, I do want to give a shout out to Jordan because without her, I wouldn't know you guys. And it's been such an incredible gift. And not only that, but she's gifted me with like this incredible drive to just not only be a better person, but like pursue this entrepreneurial perspective on things. And um, yeah, the problem thing you mentioned is something she told me is like, you know, if you if you're expecting this product to be perfect or if you like want it to be like the best thing and then you release it it's going to be too late by then she's like you just yeah. have to like do it and then you can improve it over time like as long as you're the first person to do it and as long yeah. as you're like continuously being consistent about it that's what matters and yeah. it's like it applies to this podcast you know like this podcast didn't start perfectly and there's going to be like like the video right now unfortunately the lighting's not perfect i don't have the best tools but like it's about consistency and just yeah. keeping at it and like staying consistent and it's same with like the thing I want to do next. And it's thanks to her, like just pushing me to like want to do more. Um, yeah. So yeah. What was right. our phrase? It was don't let perfect be the enemy of progress. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great one. It is. Yeah. So I'm yeah. Tatted right now. You know, like I said, like Dennis, unfortunately are perfectionists. Like I'm constantly trying to make the perfect filling or do like the perfect extraction or surgery. And while it's great in that field, it's not always great. And you have to like, you have to make sure that you apply it when necessary, but don't let it inhibit your growth. Um, so yeah, I, I agree on that. So mm-hmm. shout out to Megan Jordan for influencing us and improving this uh, overall ambition on our end. Um, and yeah, what else? Anything else we're missing on this? I think it's lunchtime. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. Um, This is Drew. Uh, If you guys want to know more about him or his brand, um, Drew, do you want to give them your personal info, your uh, Instagram? Yeah, Yeah, I'd love to reach out and connect connect with anyone who wants to talk fashion. What's your uh, Instagram handle? Drew Life, D-R-U-L-Y-F-E. Okay. And I will leave that in the bio if you guys want to follow him, um, if you have any questions for him about fashion or his brand, or if you're somebody that's interested in, you know, working for him in the future when he's blowing up, (laughs) just send your uh, resume his way. Um, but yeah, thanks for having, or thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me as a friend, man. It's a pleasure to have you, but uh, if you guys want to have any questions later on, we'll definitely have another episode together. And uh, hopefully yeah. in the future, he'll be kickstarting his brand and kind of going through the release process. So we'll follow him along the path with that. Um, this is Hamza. Thanks for coming to hang out with us and uh, hope you guys have a lovely day. Take care.